Another great episode of What If It Did Work. My favorite podcast. This week's guest, Wally Bressler. I gotta say, I love the guy. He's an author, coach, speaker, and more importantly, phone sales expert. Because I get it so many times that telephone, when it comes to making that sale, when it comes to sales in general, it's heavy. After one person says no to you, then two people, then the third person tells you to screw off. Oh, that phone is heavy. But you know what? Wally Breslin, trigger sales system. We are all selling something. What are you selling? Now, in case you haven't realized it yet, I'm a consultant. I'm a consultant for Patrick, but David Value Planet can't say enough. But if you want to join me, we have tickets still left to the vault. The vault is the Super Bowl, Patrick Bet David Super Bowl, this August 31st through September 3rd at the Diplomat in Hollywood, Florida. You know what? It'll help you notice your blind spots. You'll walk away with clarity, knowing your next three to five moves, business strategies that you can implement today. Patrick is on stage 90% of this event. It's not a pitch fest. You'll get clarity. You'll be in a room full of like-minded people. Got tickets available still. General, executive, founder, DM me, text me, fax me. Any way possible, Morse code me. We still have tickets. What are you doing? Either you are growing or you're dying. In this event, let me tell you, rocket fuel to your success. Love yourself. Without further ado, Wally. Oh, by the way, I got a funny story about Wally. I was on his podcast. I had the pleasure of being on it. Loved every minute of it, but I'm going to bust his chops on this. It was his podcast. He was waiting for me to start asking him questions. It's like, brother, Wally, this is your show. Hey, I love the guy. We have a lot in common. Take a listen. One of my favorite guests, one of my favorite episodes. What if it did work? I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? All right, everybody, another day, another episode of my favorite podcast. Yes, it's my own podcast. What if it did work? I'm a little biased. Here I've got... You should be. (laughs) Actually got one of my faves. You know, we just recently met, but we're kindred spirits. Absolutely, 100%. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Wally. You don't want me to introduce you or what? No, I mean, what I hate. (laughs) You want to introduce yourself? I I got your one. We're just saying hi, man. Go ahead. I'm all yours. Okay. You're the boss. You're in charge here. What Wally, do you say? Well, this is like your your bio, man. If I was, you know, this is for Zeus or for like, you know, FarmersOnlyDaughters.com <laughs> or anything like that. Oh my God. About Wally. Following yeah. a massively successful run as a real estate agent broker, Wally started coaching and training agents and teams, including industry titans like Jay Kinder and Michael Reese, and then worked with them to help them grow their coaching organization to generate more than $5 million in annual recurring revenue. Additionally, it helps strengthen their affiliate relationships with real estate leader, lead providers, Tiger Leads, Boomtown Commissions, Inc., and Market Maker Leads. Since then, Wally has worked with top agents across the U.S. and Canada to help their agents improve their conversion skills and bring in more 
more profits. I can go on and on, but more the one thing that you are currently doing is you're running the trigger sales system. It helps entrepreneurs and sales professionals at all levels overcome their sales call reluctance in order to be more effective in building their business and recruiting to build greater revenue than even before. Welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate the, the kind introduction. How's uh, how's everything in Florida besides hot and muggy? Just got off a cruise. So, you know, I, I've got the sea legs. So if I, I start swaying, it's not because I'm trying to do my impersonation of Stevie Wonder or Andre Bocelli. It's just... Okay. I got you. Nor are you drunk. Okay. No, no. I wish, but, but way too early. It's not go. five o'clock yet. I hear you. Wally. Yes, sir. I got to ask you, can your system help anyone when it comes to sales? Because I hear it all the time and I know you hear, oh, I'm not in sales. I'm not a sales guy. I'm not, I'm not salesy. Yeah. Yeah, the first, so the first part of solving the problem is admitting that you are a salesperson. You know, I saw Grant Cardone put a post. He says, you know, everyone's a salesperson, no matter what. And, you know, look, you're, you're a little kid. You want another cookie? You sell your mom on getting a cookie. You want to spend more time playing a video game? You sell your mom on that, right? You ever put on cologne or perfume, do your hair, go get an outfit to go out? You're selling yourself, right? Resumes for jobs, applications for colleges, trials for teams, sales, 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 sales. So, we're selling ourselves everywhere at some point or another, you know, and if you're in sales, and I think a lot of people, because being a salesperson can have a negative connotation, a lot of people want to call themselves a broker or a consultant or whatever to try and get around that. But the fact of the matter is, if you're a salesperson, you should be proud of it. You should own it. You know, I mean, yeah, to answer your question, the short answer is yes, I can help anybody improve their sales skills if they're willing to do the work. The greater we are at convincing, the greater we are at connecting with people the greater we are at selling. Whenever I hear somebody say they're horrible at sales, that's why they're not in sales. I'm like, oh my God, this guy, he or she is has already that defeatist mindset. Limited values, right? That start, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it, man, with the call of reluctance because many years off and on, been in sales, was a financial advisor, selling insurance, Selling whatnot, selling myself, selling, being an entrepreneur and selling on why my product, picking up that phone can be heavy as hell, man. Yeah. You know, over the last couple of years, Omar, I've kind of, I've identified two types of call reluctance. So there's, there's like a a syntax version, which is knowing what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what to say, when to say, how to say it. And then there's the emotional side of it, which is, you know, there's something inside of you from when you were a kid that really triggered your, your fight or flight instinct or your freezer flight portion of it and has put you in a position now where you are literally emotionally blocked from being willing or able or to pick up the phone uh, or even get in front of a camera to record some content, you know, and that that's the tough one because the first one you can overcome with practice, role playing, getting on the phone, making mistakes. The second one requires you to go inside and do some work and clear some things up and learn how to deal with the stuff you haven't dealt with. So then you can get over it and eventually get on the phone. I know it's all about limiting beliefs, man, because I was a severe introvert. I, I couldn't even ask out girls because, oh my gosh, that fear of rejection, single parent. I had every, every phobia imaginable. So right. just hearing right. no, it's, oh my gosh, it, it has to be me. But, you know, you have to have that mindset, man. You have to, one, the one thing social media is talking to you is that I love you say both personal and business development because they both go hand in hand. Most people don't believe that. Most people want to be, hey, this is all business, brother. Screw <laughs> you have the, yeah, 
the woo woo. Hey, let's go do plunge baths. Let's let's meditate. And you might be living in your car, but happiness is a state of mind. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I, I've said that to people before. I'm like, are there people on death row that are happy? Certainly. Are there people with cancer that are happy? Absolutely. You know, are there people who are without any money happy? Absolutely. So it definitely is in our control, if that makes any sense. But again, it's a choice. I'm not sure who said it, but happiness is an inside job is what I've heard before, right? I don't know who said it, but it is. It's really up to us. And I think, so here's the problem. Like something happens to us when we're a kid where we go through some sort of physical, emotional, sexual trauma or bullied. You know, our parents are not good parents, alcoholics or verbally abusive, or they don't give us approval or praise. And, you know, that sets us on this path of of really low self-esteem, really low self-worth. And as an aside, Omar, 60% of salespeople have a very strong need for approval and to be liked, which really gets in their way of wanting to be successful. Because if you have that strong of a need to be liked, you will fear rejection all day long, every day, if that makes sense. And so, but the problem is, is people, so, cause I had call reluctance for 10 years myself, you know, but people get so wrapped up in why I'm not good enough and why this doesn't work and why that's not going to work. They don't take the time for that radical honesty of saying, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm not getting the results I need or want, and it's because of this, and I have to work on this, right? We have to get to the point where we're willing to look in the mirror and say, I'm I'm the problem here. may not be your fault, right? It's not your fault you had an alcoholic father or that you were beat up or bullied at school or physically abused or sexually abused. It's not your fault. But once you know that what happened as a result of that has caused you to become who you are today, it's now your responsibility to fix it. You're no longer a victim as soon as you know that you can fix it. Well, it's so easy to play victim, but what you have to get past the limiting beliefs, man. I mean, when somebody wants to talk to me about my childhood or or it's like, hey, I'm I'm turning 50 in a couple of months. Uh-huh. I can't can't blame mommy or, or daddy not being there, man. I, I sooner or later take freaking accountability and say, I am an adult. Okay. What extreme ownership, right? Always yeah. accept accountability. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and uh great book, by the way. Jocko Willing, great book. But the thing is, is a lot of people don't know. Does that make sense? I talk to people and they're like, hey, I can't get on the phone. I'm like, and the first thing I ask them is I'm like, how is your parents' relationship with each other? How is your relationship with them? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people don't realize, you know what I'm saying? You, you've got an advantage. I've got an advantage. You know what I'm saying? I've done the work. I've spent the time. I've done what I had to do to realize what happened when I was younger and how it's impacted me now. But a lot of people haven't done that work. They haven't connected the dots. They don't realize that, you know, uh, even something simple, like let me give an example. I have a client, a friend of mine, beautiful, beautiful real estate agent here in Dallas, huge perfectionist, spent thousands of dollars a year on purses and cars and nails and hair extensions and all kinds of stuff. So she would look perfect in her mind because she felt like being a perfection, being perfect would be no way for somebody to judge her. And it was caused by a single incident in gym class when she was in fifth grade. She decided to wear dress shoes to gym class because she liked the way that they looked with her, her outfit, right? And the kids made fun of her for months and that triggered the need to be perfect because she didn't want to be rejected. Right. Mm -hmm. But she didn't remember it as being that until we talked about it. Right. Because in addition to being so far back, like our memories, a stack, usually we stack things on top. And if it's painful, it gets put way down at the bottom. Right. So to your point, yeah, I'm 50 years old. I'll be 55. You know what? I, whatever happened as a kid is not of import to me as long as I've dealt with it. But if I haven't gone and done the work yet, then you got to go back and see what it is so you can make peace with it and let go. Because to your point, we can't hold on to it forever because it's not going to serve us. No, no, man. And with cyber hugs, 
That's the best it can do. I can post my problems, my traumas, my childhood. Like a lot of people love playing victim. And yeah, you might get one or two and you might get the soundtrack of Titanic playing, you know, <laughs> playing in the background. But I can't go to the bank, man. Well, I can't just, say I tried selling. I'm 100% commission, but I'm fearful of hearing no. I get it, man. I, dude, nope. Nobody likes being rejected, but you you have to have that mindset. These people don't freaking know you. It's not like they're like, "Hey, Omar, you're 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 that introverted, shy kid that couldn't speak in elementary." That's what I'm going to tell right, you. Right. No, we, we don't even know they're they're having a bad day. No, if, if, no. if they're meeting you on the phone, one, they might be a douche. They might be a Massingill product. <laughs> Two, you know, their old lady might might have been like, you know, hounding them. 24, 48, 72 hours. Not most of our listeners because nobody has that problem, but maybe this rare person has had, you know, a bad couple of days, weeks. Mm -hmm. And they're just venting, man. That doesn't mean that, you know, worst case, the leads are still good. Maybe revisit that guy later and call him. He's not going to remember. He's not going to remember if you call him five days. He's not going to remember tomorrow if you call him. Nope. A lot of people are so stuck on what are they going to think about me? I got some bad news for you. They're not thinking about you, right? They're, they're, you know, they, they're thinking about everything else they got to do. Like we're not even like in the top 500 of what's going on in somebody's mind, maybe even top thousand, you know, but we're so worried about what they're going to think about us. We're so stuck on ourselves that we don't take a second to realize that, you know, Hey, you know, Tony Robbins in mastering influence talks about how, look, you know, we are inserting ourselves into somebody's day when we call them. Right. So it's a fact. You just have to accept the fact that if you're calling somebody, even if they've asked you to call them back, you're still inserting yourself in their day. So you have to, you know, feel confident. You know what the uh, what's his name? The Wolf of Wall Street there. Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort. He's like, you know, three things. Every phone call, you gotta be, you know, he says, sharp as attack, enthusiastic as hell, and sound like a force, sound like somebody knows what they're doing. Like that's minimum requirement. That's how the call has to start. And if you're worried about what other people are gonna think about you and you're worried about what this and you're worried about that, you can't do that. And to your point earlier, I'm I suck at, I'm not good at, you're done before you get on the phone. So yeah. Confidence. It's it's any type of cold calling, going door to door, business to business, B to B. They will eat you up alive. The entrepreneur, the gatekeeper. The same thing if you're picking up the phone because they sense they're like, who's this moron? Is this guy trying to sell vacuum cleaners? Is this guy trying to sell encyclopedias? Is this guy trying to sell knives? You're stuttering and you're like hammering and you're, hi, n- nice to meet you. No, it's not nice to meet you. You know, spew, spew what you're there for, man. I mean, a lot of times, and this is, you'll laugh because you get these DMs all the time on social media. Guys asking you about your day. How's the weather? We're talking about that. My, my, my favorite is when they literally become friends with you and eight seconds later, they're talking to you about, hey, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, dude, come on, really? Like, at least give me a kiss. You know, buy me dinner before you start pitching me, you know? So, no, man. When I, I tell everybody, I'm like, hey, I've got sales experience. This is not a warm call. We're not, we're not bros. We're not going drinking. Mm-hmm. Just because you asked me, you're, I'm like, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. If you're going to DM people, boom, offer, boom, offer. Because it's going to have the same... The same acceptance rate, which is low. So keep on doing it, right? (laughs) I agree. I agree. 
and, and they're always so closed-minded. No, 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 I'm not listening. I'm not listening. It works. It works. It works. I'm a multi-millionaire. Oh, yeah, sure. So that's why you're DMing me, because you're the Mother Teresa of Forex. That's funny. Oh, Forex. God. Like, if you're going to, it's funny, it happens on Instagram all the time. Like, somebody follows you, and then you're like, oh, it's the Forex person. And you're like, I'm going to be getting a DM from this person. And sure enough, <laughs> hey, have you thought about adding a blah, blah, blah to your portfolio, a blah, blah, blah? No. There'll be no Fibonacci sticks for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Wally, how's your day going? How are, how are you feeling? Are you living the dream? Question is, is whose dream? But most of the time, yes, I am. Man, that, it, is but, trouble, it is troublesome. I mean, I appreciate how important social media has become and the way commerce works in the United States. And it's certainly a super powerful tool. Lead generation, lead conversion, connecting. And there's plenty of people who've gotten business from other people that they've hit up on, on Facebook DM. And it's like anything else, right? If you throw in, it's a numbers game, right? You throw enough pasta against the wall, something's going to stick. But, you know, <clears throat> why throw out, why make it be a thousand messages when it can be a hundred messages, you know what I'm saying? To get, to get the better response, you know, and I, I look at it the same way as a cold call. Hey, listen, I know you're busy. You probably get a truckload of DMs. And, uh, you know, I saw that you coach people, you know, I help, I help coaches, you know, increase their close rate from 10% to 20% without having to spend any more money. Any interest in finding out how to do that? Something like that, you know what I'm saying? Or, or like one of the things I learned from somebody else who's great at cold calling, you call and say, hey, listen, this is Wally calling from XYZ company. And hey, look, I know you're busy. I only need about 30, I'm only going to take about 30 seconds. But I was talking to some of your competitors and they said they were having problems with this, this, and this. But I'm, I'm guessing you're not having that problem. Nine times out of 10, they're going to say, yeah, I am having that problem. And then the door is open, you know? But like to your point, I don't, I don't have all day. I get DMs all the time. Let's 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 get to it. You know what I'm saying? Don't try and sell me anything. But look real quickly. I see this. Show me you paid a little attention. Ask me a question that makes sense, and let's move on. Short, sweet, yeah, invaluable. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, I I should know. I should know what my product, the product I'm selling. I should know what problems it solves. And if I'm reaching out to you, there's a very strong possibility you have that problem, and I can solve it. The, the one thing though is people sell the way they purchase. So what I'm thinking is all these idiots that are selling the Forex. How do you really feel about them? You shouldn't hold back like that. No, uh, no, true. All these (laughs) multimillionaires purchase this because someone else (laughs) and asked them, how is the weather? How are you doing? Are you living the dream? What's your horoscope? And they're like, well, if I got, if I, if they, they got me that amazing pitch, it's mm-hmm. got to work. Mm-hmm. So the, in their, I'm, I'm assuming the, the reason why they're selling is because they were sold on the product because of that, because of that awful pitch. I know, I know you've got a pretty diverse background. You've got, you do financial, right? You do investing and stuff. I don't, do you have any experience? Good. Experience with what? Don't you do some investing? On my own, yeah, not not anymore. I my series seven and series sixty three expired. Oh, but I'm saying you invest for yourself, though. Last time we talked, you said you do your own investing. You do. Oh yeah, that. yeah, co- completely. I I mean, the past, yeah. you know, Joe's Joe's keeping me on my toes. Yeah, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm sure I, he is. I'm sure he is. Pretty soon, I'll be in the soup kitchen line. Oh my god! So it's yeah. Look, that's another conversation for another day. No, I just remember my series seven and six sixty three are gone too. But I know you've done your own investing, but. You know, people, and the reason I ask is, you know, people become financial planners, people become insurance agents, people become real estate agents. You know, and quite honestly, any job you take, there's certainly a tribal training element to that. You know what I mean? Tribal training, meaning like, you know, 
in tribes, like the young kids learn from the adults to do what to do. So, you know, if it's a traditional tribe, maybe the men are the hunters and the women are the gatherers. So the men teach the kids how to make tools and weapons and hunt and the boys and the girls teach the, the women teach the girls how to cook and, and do the things that the women do in those tribes or whatever it is. You know, I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying that because it's somewhat traditional, but I, I could be wrong. The thing is, is when you get into these industries, you Many people who come in adopt the strategies through travel training of the people that are above them. But most of those people were taught by the wrong by the person above them and the person above them and the person above them. So it just perpetuates inefficiencies. And, and, and that's why so many people who become self-employed are out of business so quickly because they're not doing the right things in the right order. They're spending money and time on things that don't work. And then they get discouraged or they run out of money and they're done, you know? And that's why, you know, it's, it's not just good enough to go and do what somebody else told you to do if it's not proven. You know, that's why, you know, guys like us can succeed because we can give people coaching and we can tell people the right things to do in the right order, get them the results they want, and then work on the personal and business side at the same time. So everything grows up. But, you know, if you're following the wrong person and they're giving you bad ideas and it may have worked for you that that person said, hey, how are you doing? But if you do it for 200 people and you don't get anything, then it's probably not a good strategy. Wally, do you ever think that the reason why real estate, insurance, finances, anything that's 100 base, 100% commission, bonuses, et cetera. The reason why there's such a high turnover, high failure rate is because if somebody tells you, hey, we have a 90% failure rate. So somebody gets call or reluctance. Somebody hears no. Somebody gets the door slammed on them. Somebody gets rejected. Mm-hmm. It's already in their head. Well, I think, I think some of that might, might go into it for sure. I think a lot of people, independent contractors get paid 100% commission. I think they're initially drawn by the dream of, you know, I got a buddy named Cliff Freeman. He's a top earner for EXP. He said he calls it time freedom, money freedom, location freedom. I think everybody, for the most part, who gets into those businesses dreams of that. But I don't think they see the amount of work that you have to do in between that (laughs) and all the things you need to learn and become and make that happen. And so, yeah, and then so fraught with insecurity and inconsistency that, oh, my God, I could fail. And they don't do what they need successful. But again, you know, there are people out there that just are already in a bad spot mentally, emotionally, you know, psychologically that once they get started, it's never going to work for them because they're in their own way. The dream of uncapped, when people hear uncapped, because, you know, the real estate, insurance, all these things, hey, the average, nobody wants to say they're average whenever they hear what the average realtor, the average financial advisor makes in one year. They're like, yeah, that's, that's them, but that that's not, that's not me. I'm above average and they don't understand. Yes, it's uncapped, but you're right, man. It's, it's a marathon. It's a process. You have to, you have to have the sleepless nights. It's just like being an entrepreneur, man. Every day you wake up at zero every day. You're like, you know, where's my next sale? You know, how, how many hand shaking can I do? How many... Uh, chamber of commerce events. How many B B and I? How many of these events and that events do I have to go to to find my next lead? As many as it takes, right? But the thing is, is you know, success leaves clues, and when you find things that are duplicatable, you repeat them, and they work. Fact of the matter is, is the average real estate agent only makes about forty-seven to fifty grand a year, and their biggest expense is their car. You know, and so you know. You don't want to be average. In fact, I would never become an, an independent contractor as a financial planner, insurance agent, real estate agent, unless I can make six figures or more, you know, because there's no reason to do that. Because if, if I'm going to make 50, 60 grand a year, I'm going to go work at Bank of America, come in for 830, leave at 530, leave my work at home. And you know what I'm saying? There's no reason to go and go through all this 
you're just talking about multiple conversations, multiple meetings, getting the door slammed in your face, getting hung up on for 50, 60 grand a year. There's just no reason to do that. You know, if you're going to do it, do it. Well, people do it for, it's just like the gold rush, man. You know, in the 1800s, going going out west to, to dig for for gold. You you want to be that that top earner on a you know on a commission job. Okay. You want to go for the fence because you you know you want that grand slam because you hear people oh he makes 500 k. Now they don't understand that took years of making forty, fifty, sixty, seventy. There's no overnight success. Yeah. Every firm will be like, yeah, hey, this guy, you know, the unicorn, but they never tell you how hard the unicorn works. They never tell you how many phone calls, how many weekends that all the extra work and how many years it took for him to do that. Because, you know, you want to sell the dream. You want to tell people, hey, it's easy, man. If he did it, we know you can do it. They can do it. That's the whole thing. I mean, not a genius. I graduated, I graduated just above the person that got kicked out of school. <laughs> I graduated just above all the people that dropped out, okay, from college. I literally graduated second to last in my college class. I barely made it out of college. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, I wasn't given a truckload of money. I grew up poor, didn't have a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? I've squandered millions of dollars and lots of bad choices. But I, you know, I when I learn, when I make a mistake, I learn from it and I grow. And I work harder now than I ever have. You know what I'm saying? I'm self-employed. You're self-employed. I mean, I work harder now than I worked when I worked in corporate America, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I treat my business like a job, meaning, you know, that's another thing with self-employed people. They think that they want that time freedom, but that time freedom comes at a huge expense. You know, I mean, I'm up 5.30 to 6 every morning and then I'm I'm ready to work, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock. You know, sometimes I get up earlier after I do my thing, but you have to realize that if you're going to be self-employed, if you're going to be an independent contractor, you want that six figures, you have to do what six figure people do. That's work more than 40 hours a week. That's talk to more people than you think you need to talk to. Meet with more people than you think you need to meet to. Treat it like the airline. Airline overbooks every plane. Every plane they overbook. And the reason they know that is they know certain people aren't going to show up. Mm-hmm. All right. I could go to American Airlines and say, hey, tell us to Frankfurt on Wednesdays in February. How much do you overbook the plane? And they'll know from all their data how many more people they got to book for that plane based on history so they can get a full plane. I should know how many people I need to talk to. I should know how many people I need to meet with. I should know how many people I need to make a presentation to, how many people I need to follow up with so I can create that that good, consistent income for myself. And then I've got to be willing to put in the work behind it. Oh, my man. Why did you have to? That's such an awful word, man. Work. work. It's what a, is, a, a wordy dude, that, 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 that That's worse than, than any F-bomb, you know, saying, you know, when you tell people work, it's like saying, hey, your kid is an asshole. It's like that. Sometimes it's like, whoa, sometimes whoa, it was. Whoa. Because I love the fact you go on Monster on, on any sales job and they'll, they'll tell you how easy it is. They'll tell you, hey, you only have to make 30 new contacts a day. It's like, sure. It sounds good. How many, dials you have, how many dials you have to do to get that? Exactly. They... What people have to realize is that's the bare minimum. That to me, when they they give you that, that's like if you want to struggle for a while and then you do the forty to fifty thousand. And like what you said for that man, get get a salary job where a bank is perfect because you know you got Juneteenth Day off, you got President's Day off, you got Left Handed Days off, you got every friggin' made up holiday off. Man. <laughs> Did you just? 
<laughs> left-handed days off. They should. I mean, I'm a lefty. Why? Why not, man? I feel repressed. Double minority. I, I'm left-handed. But but yeah, man, you you said it. You said it correctly. You're left and Hispanic. That makes you a double minority. Exactly, dude. And a male. And the male. Male, male, you know, toxic masculinity is is evil. I learned that on on a documentary the other day. I'm trying to think. They had white, African-American, Hispanic, Samoan, Pacific Islander. I didn't see left-handed on there, though. For some reason, I must admit. They do for less than 10%. It should be. Sign of higher intelligence, though. Sign of higher intelligence. And... And, and natural movement on their on their fastball, natural natural movement. So. Yeah, I was only wanted to be the first baseman of the New York Yankees, but you know God smited me. Well, it was my genetics. I have to blame you know my grandparents, my parents. Five eight, slow, zero talent. You know, oh. I, that's why I became a. I got that degree, that paper in journalism, because I thought it was going to be the next Bob Costas. Clear, clearly, that didn't work out. But you know, I love, I love that. Nice. Yeah, I just you're a trip, dude. I just I think I think, uh, and this is what I'm saying to people now. I'm sure you're saying this now. You know, a couple things. The pandemic, interestingly enough, like the real estate market and the economy had already started to settle in 17. You know, we had kind of run up from 12 to 17, 12 to 18. We had a good, you know, six, seven year run with the economy and things are starting to tail off with real estate and stuff. And then, you know, the pandemic hit us and we had several months of, oh my God, what are we going to do? And then the economy and the real estate market shot up, right? It was almost like, oh my God, we can breathe. Let's go do this like crazy. And then this, 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 this lack of production of things created shortages and shortages created higher prices and people were making money and things shot up like crazy for a couple of years. And so we had this false sense of security with a lot of things. And, you know, people are freaking out about all these technology companies that are laying people off and home prices are settling. I mean, we're not really like, we're just coming back down to reality here. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're, we're like going through this like horrible, horrible, oh my God, things are the worst things in the world. We're just kind of like getting back to normalcy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a normal year in selling houses is five to five and a half million, 21, 21, 20, 22, six plus million a year. You know what I'm saying? You know, they they said that, you know, all those technology companies, they bloated all their staffs to keep up with demand for everything. And so, but as things settle down, we get back to normal. You can't do less. You have to do more, right? I just, you've got to talk to more people. You've got to take calls that further down the road. You've got to handle more objections. You've got to nurture people longer. Whatever you have to do, and you've got to you've got to basically do more than other people so that you can make good money or do as well as you did maybe before. You know, well, what? Why do people want to post and complain about the price of eggs or the price of any bullshit? Congratulations, man. We th- thank you for the heads up. Why don't you get off your ass, make more phone calls, beat yeah. more doors, do something, get a side hustle. Complaining about inflation is not going to bring more money into your pocket. Check my bank account. I can post 10, 10 straight days about how inflation sucks, and Chase isn't going to give me shit. No, and you can focus on what's happening in your bank account, or you can focus on making on making sure that nothing bad happens to you, but you can't focus on both, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's a plain fact. And I, I think you know the need for significance is really strong with people. I mean, it's, you know, Maslow's talks about the six human needs and one of them is significance and it makes sense, but some people have such a strong need for significance that they, you know, that to be seen and to be heard that they got to say things like that so they can get people's attention, you know? But, now, yeah. how, well, you said it best. 
significance, but the ego. Yeah. Like how bad off is a person usually target person that's like Wally trigger sales system. I'm in the red and I've been in the red for a while. I, I barely make any phone calls. That phone scares me to death. It, most people at that point or is it high flyers that man, I'm doing great. I just want to get that little extra edge. I, mean, I get people I get people from all spectrums, you know. I get people who are like, "Hey, I'm going to have to go take a job if I don't fix this. I've got so many months of income left." And I've got people that are like, "Hey, listen, I need I want to, you know, I want to double my business or I'm going to triple my business in a down market." So I get to work with a lot of those people, you know. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it people kind of, you know, what's happening with a lot of people I work with is that they have great 20s, 21s, you know, beginning of 22s. Or they had great 21s and 22s were kind of like, eh, and now 23, they're kind of really sucking wind. And they didn't have to learn how to prospect. They didn't have to learn how to handle objections. They didn't learn how to time block because like manna was falling from the heaven. They just had to put a bucket out and catch. So they're like, oh my God, like they can see now that, you know, you got to fight for income. You got to fight to get people to work with you, right? So now they're seeing it and they're like, holy cow, what do I do, right? And so that's kind of, you know, where I've come in and say, okay, well, the first thing you need to do is you got to figure out what you, where you want to go. And then we got to figure out What's keeping you from getting there? You know, why could you sell houses for two, three years and now you can't sell houses? What's the problem? We, and then we fix it from there, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, trigger sales system. Mm-hmm. Everybody and anybody can use it, right? Whether you're selling insurance, you're selling cars. Yep. Yep. Basically, if you're not, if you're not, I mean, here's the thing. If you're doing well and you want your, your, your to your point, let's just say I'm doing great, but I want to be doing any, every, any better than I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to help you, you know, make your money in the, in the, in the nooks and crannies, improve your, you know, improve your conversion rate, improve your, your objection handling rate, improve your, your listening skills and and make incremental changes in those areas. So it makes for a big change. And if you're not able to get the results you want, because you can't pick up the phone, you're afraid to get in front of a video camera, or you can pick up a phone, but you can't advance the sale, then I'm going to go ahead and help you find out what's stopping it and help you get over it and then help you grow, improve your phone sales skills from there. So, so tr- trigger sales system, Wally, is it one-on-one? Is it modules? Is it group coaching? Is it all the yeah. above? Yeah. So, I mean, most, for the most part, it's, it's group coaching. So it's an eight, thank you for asking, by the way, it's an eight week, eight week class. It's, you know, I, I do it in, in groups of 10. And part of the reason I, do, reason I do it in groups of 10 is because I want people to see that what's stopping them is stopping other people. So they can, Kristen Neff calls it yeah, common humanity. So rather than isolating ourselves and feeling like we're the only one going through things, we want to see that other people are going through them too, so we can identify with them and feel like we've got a chance. So it's a group of 10. It's an hour class for eight weeks, once a week for eight weeks. They have homework in between. I work with them in between. We talk on the phone, there's text messages, There's and there are modules for them to follow. And we go from identifying what they're, you know, literally, I help them find out what it is that's keeping them from being successful. And then I teach them how to deal with the emotions that come along with that. And then we, I help people rewire their brains to the point where that stuff doesn't bother them anymore. And then we figure out what they truly want and and what their why is and how to get it. And then we start working on phone skills from there. Because here's the thing, traditional sales call reluctance is, oh, learn this script, time block, change how you think about your prospect, change how you think about this. You know what I'm saying? No external anything is going to fix emotional, emotional call reluctance. If you have syntax, what to say, when to say, how to say it. You need to improve this, that, and that. You know, your time you call, the amount of time you call, your scripts and dialogues, that you can fix like that. But if I've got something inside of me 
that that hidden belief, that limiting belief that you've been talking about, and I've got that in there, and I haven't worked on that. No amount of external force or or training is going to fix that. Does that make sense? Oh no, Com- yeah, completely. It's an inside job, and it will not get better until you work on it. You know. Oh, it, the limiting beliefs are always there, man. You just it, let's find out what they are. Let's deal with it. So when that little voice does come back, that yeah. our little childhood voice comes back. We're aware and we can be like, oh, okay. Because, you know, dude, I, I, I'm the first one to say I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm not, I'm not going to be the life of your party or anybody's party. And, and if you, you, you plan on it, then, you know, it's going to be the wrong guy. I'm a party. I'm actually very much an introvert too. I didn't find it, find out until after I got home from prison. But I, you know, the psychologist I was working with made me take this like really well defined, uh, disc test and I'm an introvert, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I look at my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, all of them were introverts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my mom was a school teacher, but you know, she wasn't the life of the party and I'm the only extrovert in my family. And I think part of it was a response to, you know, being sexually abused as a kid and all the shame and everything that came along with that in an effort to hide that. And for not for people not to see how broken and hurt I was, I kind of created this extroverted personality, you know? But, you know, I don't, when I go to parties, I don't run around. I'm not the life of the party. You know, whenever I speak at an event, you know, I I go and after I'm done, I go and hide in my room where, you know, I used to emcee this event every year for a coaching company I work with. I used to go to the movies as soon as the thing was over and sit there for three hours by myself, you know, which is fine. You know, there's a great book. I forgot who wrote it, but it's called Quiet Introverts and Living in a World of Extroverts. I forget who wrote it. Amazing book, though. Really, really good book. So anyway. Now, you touched about being sexually abused. Oh yeah, your childhood in the book that you wrote, Tragic Hero. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, part of the reason I share my story is because I want people to know that whatever happened to you, you know, I, I was addicted to food. I had a binge eating disorder starting at age six. And I was sexually abused at ten. Started looking at pornography regularly at eleven. Was way more sexually active at twelve than any twelve year old kid should be. And I was bullied until I was thirteen, fourteen. So, I mean, I had horrible self-esteem, basically self-loathing. And then that I went from being the guy that got hurt to the guy who did the hurting. You know, that's where I blew millions of dollars, went to federal prison for a year, was unfaithful to my wife at least four or five times, you know, ruined relationships. I mean, I, they just went on a ginormous path of self-sabotage, you know? And so that's why I know that all this internally driven self-loathing, poor self-esteem, low self-worth, need for attention or attraction, not for, for approval will basically ruin you over the period of your life if you don't deal with it. Okay. And I got, to, you know, I got to the point where I was in a relationship with someone for four and a half years, super toxic, and found out a week after I broke up with them, not even less than a week after I broke up with them, that they had lied to me about everything they ever told me. We're still married the entire time. You know, and for me, that was like the last bad decision and the, the string of thousands of bad decisions. And I was like, I'm just going to kill myself. So I didn't, obviously, but I was probably an hour away. But yeah, you know, and I think if people are willing to, like you said, work with those limiting beliefs and find out where they come from, which is what I finally did, you can clear all that up and then, or I can help them if they want to, and then be on your way to create a great life for yourself, you know? So you wrote that book to show people, if I can over overcome this, so can you then? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, knowing that my story was with other people for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, and, it's also know, therapy. To be able to find people. Help them. Well, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's a certain amount of... Uh, of a cathartic response or effort in, in sharing things. You know, I think it's interesting when I talk to people, they call me, you know, I give everybody a free half hour call to talk with me to find out what it is that's causing their, their call reluctance or their, their issues. And so we'll talk and 
it's interesting. A lot of times people end up, you know, being very open. A lot of times people cry, you know, they're upset, but you know, what happens is, is these emotions finally come out of them, which is what your brain wants to do anyway. I talk invariably, a lot of them call me the next saying, see, geez, I feel better. I slept better last night. I'm like, that's great because your brain wants all this crap out of there. That's what's fogging up everything and keeping you from achieving the goals, you know what I'm saying, and getting the results that you want. So, and that's, and you've said it several times, you've got to get through these limiting beliefs. We've got to find out what the cause of them is. We've got to smash them down and change them with good beliefs. And when you do that, everything changes, you know? Well, the problem is, is everybody watches so much TV. They don't realize that's not reality, man. A lot, majority of us have had shitty childhoods. And, you know, we bury it. I've buried so many different things in my life. and I kept on burying and burying and keeping everything on a surface level. But, you know, until you fix these things that, you know, God, the universe, they keep on giving you the same lesson over and over. say that all the time. If you look at all the people that you've dated in your life, they were all the same person. They were just taller or shorter or heavier or thinner or wealthier. They were blonde or brown hair, you know? If you keep screwing up with money, you're going to get the same thing that's going to happen. Almost like it just keeps happening because God's going to be like, or I got the universe. I believe in God. God's going to be like, okay, let's try again. You know? Oh, no. Trust me. Trust me. I'm, I'm the first. That, that's when I, I realized. I got it. Yeah. We, we figured we got it. We were willing enough to be transparent enough and vulnerable enough to say, okay, you know, I can't do this anymore. You know what I'm saying? And people need help. I needed help. I mean, think about it, Omar. Like we help people every day. I've spent the last 22 years of my life with the exception of the one year I was away, well, even in prison. Basically the last 22 years of my life, I spent helping people create better businesses and better lives for themselves. Helping people become millionaires, helping them through all kinds of emotional things, everything, suicide, you know, marriages, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, pregnancies that were terminated, whatever. And the only person I couldn't help was myself because we can't fix our own problems by ourselves because we only have one thought process. We need external stimuli. We need somebody to take us through some stuff and help us process some things. But once we get that help and do it, we can, we, I mean, we still have to do the work to fix it, but once we do it, it's over. Well, I've, you know? I've heard so many times, well, why, why can't you do that to yourself? And it's like, because it's, it's easier it, it's harder to look at a reflection and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm a mess. I'm a fuck up. I need to fix this. Yeah. It, because it's easier to look <laughs> at someone else and, hey, you know, a few things to tweak. Yeah. But when it comes down to yourself, you're either the harshest critic or you're like, well, I'm, we lie to ourselves. Oh, we're functioning. A lot of times they'd be like, well, I'm. I'm more in a business development, but no, man, you need to fix. It's like what you, if, unless you fix the personal problems, you're, you're going to self-sabotage. You, you can teach Every people day. with the trigger sales system, how to become a millionaire, but then th- that limiting belief is going to kick in. You're going to be like, Hey man, it's going to say, motherfucker, you ain't worth it. Yeah. This yeah. isn't who you are and you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to, they're, make- they're not getting through my trigger sales system without fixing that. That's like, that's mandatory. That's well, that, that's what I love about. I read that about that because mm-hmm. so many people just say, what are you? Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't be a puss, you know? And it's like, no man, because shoot, I know from experience, you know, God wants, wants you to friggin' Fix it all. Quit burning. Or I like telling people, we're all in real estate. We all love to stage things. We all want to make it look like our lives are perfect. We're with the perfect woman. Mm-hmm. We're, 
we're on the perfect vacation. We're right. not dead. We're not fighting depression. No, it's the social media world. Let's see. <laughs> who's, who's that person? I don't, I don't know if that person, does that person, I mean, does that person exist anywhere but on Facebook or Instagram? Because I don't know. I don't even like that. Well, it's funny. One of my friends was like, man, talking about someone else that we know. He's like, I guys going through a divorce. And he's like, you know what? It looked perfect. That they were for sure ride or die partners forever. I saw that on Facebook. I saw that on Instagram. And I'm like, dude, it's called staging your life. Where who who the you have to be like on another level of toxicity and being addicted to drama to be actually posting how dysfunctional your relationships are on but Facebook. People have the people that have a very strong need for significance and who are victims have no problem doing that. Oh, trust me. They're, they're the ones that, hey, my complicated. I love that. You know, your status isn't complicated. Your fucking life is complicated, man. Get your head out of your ass. You know, yeah, it's 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 tough. And, you know, you want to be empathetic to people and realize that people have tough things to go through. But there are so many resources out there today where you can get help. There's so like there's so many resources. You know, there's helplines. There's 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 people where you can talk to Psych, a psychologist for free for an hour. There's all kinds of videos you can watch of experts who tell you how to do things. You know what I'm saying? There's so much out there. There's no reason for anybody to be stuck where they are. The thing is, is that everybody, everybody needs that leverage point. My hope is, is that somebody watches this today and says, oh, crap, you know what? I'm not getting my result because of this limiting belief or because this thing's not happening. And I need to call Omar. I need to call Wally and have them talk to me and help me get through it so I can get to the next level. That, that's my only hope, you know what I'm saying? But if you're continually posting on Facebook, either how great things are and you're lying to yourself and others, or you're on Facebook telling people that you hate this and you hate that and this person in your life is terrible and that person is terrible, either way, you're doing yourself a huge disservice, you know? Exactly. And what I love about you, Wally, thank you, all the listeners, Wally and I are in the belief that, yes, you need personal development, not just business development. My yeah. body, spirit, you better fix. Mm-hmm. One one thing that's separating us from ultimate greatness, and I tell this to people, the, the one thing that separates whomever from li- having, driving in a Lambo, living on the intercoastal, is themselves. We're our own worst enemies. When, once you go, hey, I hit rock bottom, acknowledge it. Don't. A lot of times people, yeah, you know, they lie to, not that bad. Say it. I'm a mess. It's bad. Just say I, it. Yes. I need it. I need to fix things. And every client that I've had, it's always been, you know, let's let's tackle the personal development first. Mm-hmm. It's that's a hundred percent, man. It's all of us. It's yeah. no, but I mean, shit, man. It's like if Grant Cardone and Anthony Robbins and all these people, all the greats, can say, hey, you know, things sucked growing up. All their lives sucked. Grant's dad was an alcoholic, I think, or he was an alcoholic. Tony Robbins. No, dad. Tony Robbins' dad. Grant, Tony Robbins' dad. Maybe Grant was an alcoholic, but Grant had a tough time. Tony Robbins. I mean, yeah, man. Look at any of those people. They had a brutal childhood. Brian Tracy. You know. By the way, the reason I'm not driving a Lambo in the Intercontinental is because I'm too big for one. Just in general. Hey, that that's dude. I'm I'm short. I'm five eight. I, I'm, I, I'm six three, and I think my skeleton weighs two hundred pounds. So I don't know if I'll ever be in a Lambo. They still had the Geo. I, could fit in a geo storm a geo tracker yeah drive, I, drive a hugo i have shoes that i have shoes that big shoe boxes that big that big <laughs> i could fit in the smart car 
Do they even make smart cars? I haven't even seen one out in the road. Yeah. I mean, a smart car, yeah, sure, Prius, whatever. So you know, hey, whatever works for you. Anyway, yeah. So hey, whoever drives a Prius, they're hung because you know you always hear if if you drive, you know, a Lambo or yeah, it's because you make kind of make up. Well, I wonder what he's trying to overcompensate. So if you're driving a Prius out there, well, hey, let me tell you, go out on a date with a guy. The guy's Ron Jeremy or John Holmes, the second coming. You don't want to be Ron Jeremy. That guy's a mess right now. Hey, hey man, he, he needed to hire us for, for personal development. A long time ago. A long time ago, for Dude, sure. He's the Cal Ripken, though. Think about it. When you said that you're watching that at 10, 11, and 12, that was his prime, man. Holy smokes. Talk about being the... Always, always coming and always delivering like the mailman, huh? Dude, you're out of control. Oh my god! Um, hey, this is—we're here to inspire. Raw and real. Your, your, your podcast should be called Raw and Real with Omar. <laughs> How many business development do they throw a Ron Jeremy and a John Holmes? Thankfully, thankfully, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know the the evangelicals aren't 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 my target. My, They're not a, my no, audience. I haven't had a. Uh, evangelists speak. Well, you know, well, you know, Cat Williams says you need haters. Maybe you just found some. Oh, I, I, dude, I, all my, I have so many, but usually it's women that I did. You're out of control. And, and my ex-wife, I think she's the president of, of that club. The, the oh, haters. Cool. Okay, the trigger sale system, yep. eight week course for ten people. So let's say you're you're on the fifth week. Does that can somebody jump in and play uh, catch up, or do they have to wait for the, the next? No, but I have I have call I have a classes starting every week. You know what I'm saying? So I got one starting at the end of this week. You know what I'm saying? And since I have you know ten people, we roll. So you, you know you, you sign up, you have a conversation with me, and then we pick a, pick a target date for a class, and then you know you're going to start. So I've got classes going all the time. And here's the other thing: I offer I offer a lifetime guarantee. So if you go through the eight weeks and you don't get the results, you just hop in another class and do it again. I work with you and no, no extra, whatever, no cost or nothing. You just keep, I keep working with you until it goes away. I've had people take it for less than eight weeks and get results. I've had people take it for two months and get results. If you go to my site, triggersalesystem.com, there's about 30 testimonials on there. You should watch some of them because they all have different things they overcame. So it's pretty cool. Caller reluctance is, is the real epidemic. It's not so many people have it. The real, the real epidemic is emotional insecurity, as as Gary Vaynerchuk put it the other day. The real epidemic is low self esteem, low self worth, self sabotage. Eighty five percent of people on the face of the planet have some sort of emotional issue that they need to resolve. That's causing self esteem issues, self worth issues, need for approval, need for acceptance. Well, here's my question to you, Wally. Yeah. What happens after eight weeks? Do do I become a top salesperson? Or no, I mean, look, you, so you're, you, you, what happens is, is you're, you are a, you start out as a square and you, you, you end up as a cube. So you're a more well-developed version of who you are. People sleep better. They found that things that used to trigger them don't trigger them anymore. Their relationships better. They lose weight. You are not, you're not afraid to pick up the phone and now you're able to do the things you need to do to get your business up and running. Okay. And then at that time, I, I work with you to help you get really good on the phone, but you're as close to being a top salesperson as you've ever been. I can tell you that much. Now, this this all sounds great. But unfortunately, most people that have caller reluctance are in the red. Can they still afford this program? I have never not let anybody 
take the program because of money. I will work out a payment plan with you for guaranteed financing through a financing company. They finance everybody. I'll work out a payment plan with you. It doesn't matter to me. I will not let somebody not take the class because of finances. We will work it out. After after eight weeks, after I graduate from Trigger Sales System Academy, what next? Do you have like higher levels or? Um, I'm I'm actually working on creating a mastermind and also creating a, uh, a Facebook group where you can stay in touch with me and meet with me once a week to check in and stay in touch with some of the stuff that I'm teaching. Or if you want, you can just take the class over again. I've had people, I have people take it two and three times just to get clear on some other things. So yeah, but we're working on working on a mastermind. To me, it's no brainer because everybody has been in the red. Everybody's had caller reluctance. Everybody <laughs> is selling something. Right. I mean, I had 54 cents to my name in 2014. So I was, as red as red can be. I walked out of prison and you go to the commissary, you go to the whatever to get your money. I'm like, hey, I'm here to get my uh, my commissary account. And I hear clink, 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 54 cents. So if you're in the red, that's no reason not to change and do the things you need to do. Anyway, yeah. So again, if you want to go to my, if you want to go to my website, triggersalesystem.com, you can schedule a free call with me. And if you want to take the class, it makes sense. I have a kind of a four page brochure you can look at. They'll get the testimonials. And if you're worried about the money, you let me know and we'll figure something out. There's no reason not to do it. Now, do you go through scripts with people or well, let's, let's do mindset? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then scripts. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. I'm sure delivery, right? Delivery yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know, the last class is like a one, one and a half hour session where I teach them everything about, you know, scripts, dialogues, objections. Um, how to build a, a pipeline, how to manage the pipeline, nurture the pipeline. I give them all kinds of materials they need to go ahead and do that. And then, you know, they can check in with me whenever they need from there. Well, trigger sales system mm-hmm. online. Yep. Sign up. Mm-hmm. You'll be in a small class with 10 mm-hmm. people. So imagine it's like going to a small private school, mm-hmm. not one of those big 500, 1,000. And this is all through Zoom, right? Yep. You can do it with, with your pants off, but. Just just have the camera. Just don't be the guy from CNN, you know? Yeah, well, he was overly excited. He was. He was stupid. Stupid. Hey, man, sometimes. Yeah. Being a former former journalist, sometimes stories can. that That's called hard-hitting news right there. You're so. Cr- you are crazy, brother. Trigger sales system. Mm-hmm. Also, tragic hero. Yep, thank you. Buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Is it sold anywhere else or just sell? Yeah, I mean, sell- Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can get it just anywhere online, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Wally is open. In case you haven't listened, I, I wasn't, I, I, I know through all the notes about the prison, and then you told me on, on your podcast, the sexual abuse, everything. Nothing to hide. If you've noticed, once you come clean, once we stop wearing a mask, your doors will start opening. The healing process happens when you're vulnerable, when 100%. you're honest, and when you say it, man. Because, you know, we all have been there. We've all been down. Life is about ebb and flow, peaks and valleys. Money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You, If you have the right mindset, mm-hmm. nothing will stop you. Wally, do you have any parting words for that person that has caller reluctance, the person that's on the sidelines, the person that plays victim, the person yep. that loves hearing the Titanic play in the background. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm not laughing at them. Listen, here, here's the thing. Here's the long and short of it. You know, and there's a great video by Will Smith called Fault Versus Responsibility. You should definitely should go take a look at it. It's like a three-minute video. 
you know, if you have car reluctance, if you are in a bad relationship, if you're overweight, if you can't stick to your goals, if you can't go to the gym consistently, if you have bad relationships all the time, if you find yourself ruining your life and your business time after time after time, why you're doing it is not your fault. Okay. Why you're doing it is, is because of some things that happen that you have had no idea are likely impacting you. But now today, as of this, right, as of right now, you know, that there's something that you can do about it. So you can't be a victim anymore. You have to do the work. The good news is, is there's something to do with, to make it better. But the bad news is that it's not going away on its own. You're not going to wake up tomorrow, a week, mile, a month from now and feel all better. You have to do the work or it's just going to get worse. And eventually, you know, your brain, your, your soul is going to make you do the work. It's coming. It's all about doing the work, right? It's a day of reckoning for all of us. I appreciate you so much, Omar. Thank you. I appreciate your time, Wally. Thank you. Real quick, everybody, buy his book on Amazon. Thank you. Go on triggersalesystem.com. Do do it. What's the worst that can happen? You become a better salesperson. You'll you'll be a better person overall because let's tackle those limiting beliefs. Brother, thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate you. Thank you. Talk soon, pal. Thanks. For sure. Just imagine what if it did work.